Welcome to Blockchain Recorded, the podcast for the tech curious, where we talk about anything and everything related to the exponentially evolving crypto blockchain and Web 3.0 space. Blockchain Recorded's mission is simple, to share knowledge and insight and help evolve education in blockchain fundamentals and decentralization solutions. We at Blockchain Recorded are not registered investment advisors and do not deal with financial or trading token elements nor offer any licensed financial services. The content of this podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only, while the opinions of all parties involved are their own. I'm your host, Nina Tserer. I have a finance background, having worked on Wall Street and the pharmaceutical industry. After living in five countries and dedicating time to my family, I left the corporate world. Today, I work as a freelance consultant and am fascinated by the innovative space of crypto and blockchain, different ways of thinking, and the people that are making that happen. So let's talk blockchain. Before we begin, let me say a few words about our sponsors. This episode sponsors Fourth Tech, which is short for Fourth Pillar Technologies. Fourth Tech is a next-gen multi-blockchain ecosystem, platform, cryptocurrency, and a suite of decentralized applications that enable users to exchange data files and instant messages from wallet to wallet in a secure and decentralized way. Fourth Tech supports Ethereum, Tolar, Polkadot Substrate Edgeware, and Solana. Multi-blockchain support enables users to choose the network of their choice according to decentralization, transaction speed, and price. Two of the fourth tech main innovations are 4DX, which can be described as the blockchain we transfer alternative, and 4IM, which uses Solana blockchain to serve as an immutable ledger exchanging encrypted short instant messages. This episode is also sponsored by CoinMarketLeague.com. CoinMarketLeague is a platform helping investors to find interesting coins and projects to gain more exposure and social following. At CoinMarketLeague, users can vote for their favorite projects, discover events, and upcoming IDOs on different launch pads. Head on to CoinMarketLeague.com and learn more. So today I'm speaking with Jimmy the Hypnotist, the marketing and community lead for Crystal Finance. He's also one of the founders. And we're planning to talk about DeFi landscape and, of course, Crystal and diving more into yield farming, gaming, anonymity, trust topics, and much, much more. Jimmy has been in the crypto community since 2017. He has a background in management and customer service. And on that note, I'd like to welcome Jimmy to Blockchain Recorded. Thanks for having me, Nina. Really excited to be on today and talk about DeFi. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in the space. Yeah, definitely. Can you can you tell us more about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, so as you said, I've been pretty heavily in the crypto space since 2017. Um, it's been a pretty big passion of mine ever since, you know, found out about Bitcoin, especially um, mm -hmm. the last year, my interest has gone up as Bitcoin's gone up, you know, um, <laughs> it's hard not to get excited when everything's going up and there's just so much more adoption and everything else is going on. Mm -hmm. And then with that too, um, it was actually in the past year that I found DeFi, which we'll get into, and that really piqued my interest even more. And then has even turned into being a full-time job, which has been amazing. I never thought back in 2017, you know, when people first talk about digital money, that you could actually have a full-time job doing it and mm -hmm. build a business and just keep growing with it. So it's been truly amazing to have. Yeah, definitely. I think we actually share the the year of when uh, we both became active in the crypto community. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was so, a great yeah. year. It was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on that note, you mentioned DeFi. Can you can you give us maybe your version or your introduction to decentralized finance, what it means for you? Yeah, so DeFi is really interesting because especially um, 
you, you'll have the same perspective starting in 2017. There's always been this mentality around crypto of buy and hodl, you know, just right. hold until it moons and then mm-hmm. um, eventually like sell and make a lot of money. Like everyone's looking for that 100x gem. You see it all the time, especially if you're on Twitter, on social media, like everyone just wants to buy, hold and moon has been the crypto mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but DeFi came in and it's like, okay, you're buying and holding, but why don't you start making money off that crypto while you're holding it? Mm-hmm. Um, and treats it as an investment, which is pretty revolutionary because um, a lot of people, especially like if you tell someone about DeFi who's not even in crypto, they're like, oh, it's digital money that they don't even see as worth. So how can you make money on top of it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually like, pretty revolutionary and it's a pretty amazing thing, especially if you are a long term crypto holder, because you might as well be making money on your money while it's going up and just like double your rewards any way you can. Um, yeah. And then so just to give a brief history of how DeFi came to be. Um, so around 2017 or a little after, I'm not sure on the exact timeline, but so you'd have decentralized exchanges where people would come in and then they would be able to swap their crypto or buy new ones. Mm-hmm. And the original model was like when someone came in to buy, you would match them up with someone to sell and then the transaction would go through, um, which worked pretty well back in the day, but definitely wasn't a very efficient or scalable solution just because, mm-hmm. you know, it could take time. And as crypto gets more adopted, you're not always going to have someone right then who can sell or is willing to buy what you're trying to sell. So it kind of can get pretty hectic. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're familiar with Uniswap, they're one of the first big ones to come in and have it set up so that users would, instead of just doing this old model of people trying to buy and sell, they open liquidity pools on their site so that you could stake your crypto on their mm-hmm. site. And then it would just already be on there. So when someone came to buy or sell, they could take it from the liquidity pool. And then um, they incentivize people to stake because then they would get a percentage of that transaction fee. Mm-hmm. So then you're earning money on your crypto by staking it on the site. And then that works out for Uniswap because they can give a better service for people. And then um, SushiSwap came along. Um, they're another big crypto. And they took it a step further. It's like, hey, you're already earning fees on this. How about we pay out a Sushi token for those that are uh, staking? Right. And that's when like the first yield farming came about to mm-hmm. where you're staking um, and then you're earning some LP fees on what you're staking. But on top of that, you're earning this token from the platform. And then um, from that, it's kind of where yield farming took off to what it is today. Right. Sort of during the the DeFi summer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of, it's a, it's a pretty new phenomenon. So this is sort of a little bit about the history and what's been going on. It's, there hasn't really been that long of a history. <laughs> what, what do you think? So where are we now? What do you think? are the next sort of trends because it's obviously exponentially growing and there's so much, so many new DeFi projects going on. And maybe if you can mention, maybe, I don't know, what's your, what's your opinion for the goal of DeFi to come? Yeah, that's a really good question. Cause even like you said, um, yeah, like DeFi summer, I think pancake swap, who's another really big, especially in terms of yield farming mm-hmm. in a decentralized exchange, they hit their stride. I believe it was last September or October. So like that big boom was only a little over a year ago, though, if you are deep in the DeFi space, like one month feels like a year, like it's right. just crazy. It's like a decade. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just even like crystals only a few months old, but it feels mm-hmm. like it's been like three years that I've been working here. Just with mm. how the DeFi ter- time works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is very interesting to look at where we are and um, where we could go. I think it's definitely still in the very early adopters stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been a lot more adoption, especially since like pancake swap boomed and Binance Smart Chain. Um, that's been a big one to really bring everything out. Um, and then too, just even in the last few months, you know, you've seen all these other blockchains start popping up and getting a lot of uh, value in them, namely mm-hmm. like uh, Avalanche, Phantom and Polygon. Um, and then too, there's more blockchains coming out all the time. So I think we're still definitely in that early adopter stage, but there is a lot more going on um, to get people into that. 
And um, especially with the DeFi space, I mean, there's definitely a lot of new innovations of like how to um, invest your crypto and how to make money off of it. Um, and even one that's really interesting is that a lot of people have uh, fused NFTs with yield farming, mm-hmm. which um, I'm sure even people I talk to who aren't in crypto at all, like they know NFTs and are very intrigued by them. Um, but I've seen some sites that have actually had it set up to where you can stake popular NFTs and then you'll earn that platform's native token. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool to see the way that you can make money, not even off of just like a crypto asset, but make that off of an NFT as well. Yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that. I don't. I mean, it's kind of hard not to talk about NFTs today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's wild how much they can go for. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'll definitely um, poke your brain on that. So, but sort of taking a step back in in terms of okay, the main goal of DeFi, right? I mean, do you see it as um, sort of a right now? Uh, not a. I wouldn't say a threat. That sounds too negative. But competitor to to the traditional financial community in terms of banks i mean they they do have to sort of respond to what's what's going on in a sense they have to adopt crypto in some sense well what's your take on that oh definitely yeah i think um especially like with this recent boom you've seen just crypto become so much more mainstream Mm -hmm. where um you know financial institutions are talking about it like looking to somehow implement it but i think especially DeFi takes that a step farther in terms of just the investing financial community. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know like, it's like, if you look at your bank, like, you know, a lot of people like the mentality with traditional finance, like, you know, you get a savings and you save it for a rainy day and you hold or you invest in the stock market. And it's like with a bank, you can make like 0.1% a year and you're doing well. Like if you don't make much off of it, but even in DeFi, if you're just doing like the most uh, low risk investing with stable coins, just investing those, you could easily make like three or 4% a year just by staking your blue chip or stable coin uh, cryptos. So I think it definitely is going to be interesting to see how traditional finance tries to keep up with that, mm. especially as you have, because um, I think the next step is going to be like intermediaries are going to come in to where people are investing um, and they don't realize that they're actually in DeFi. Like that's all going on in the back end. Mm. But I think mm. like if investing institutions come out like, hey, you can invest and earn easily like six, 7% a year, then it's like, it doesn't make sense to keep that money in traditional finance if it's as safe and secure as they can promise. And then that gives people exposure to DeFi and crypto without them ever having to actually go in. Cause I think um, going along with that point, um, a lot of people are still very skeptical about it. Right. So, right. I th- so I think the first big project that can successfully be that intermediary and get people into it without them directly having to like, you know, have their own private keys, worry about the security, worry about going onto different networks and getting that set up will have a big uh, place in the space. Yeah, um, I was that's what I was sort of also getting at. I think um, people are for sure people are skeptical. I think today, uh, just your average investor, I mean, people do know you're you're not really making money if you just have your um, I mean, money sitting in your bank account. Right. So even with a savings account, you know, in terms of the interest and the yields are just non existing. But still, um, the, the first sort of breakthrough is to I think people in general still wary of crypto and then because they know it's crypto and then DeFi, you know, how, how do you, you mentioned sort of something interesting, which was people are not even going to realize that they're in the DeFi space when they're going to be investing their money. I don't know. It'll be interesting to pan out. I'm just curious if you actually have an idea of if there's many more concrete things that are going on. Um, yeah, I think definitely we're starting to see a little bit of that. Um, I know a big one and I'm sure you've heard about them. They've had a lot of, uh, Popularity in the space is crypto.com. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, they've been doing a lot. And then um, they're actually launching their own blockchain soon. 
Um, mm, and mm-hmm. with that as well, they have like their app set up to where you can like buy and sell crypto, but they're actually launching a DeFi wallet along with that. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to be a big one to where you can like buy on there, be on an exchange and then stake through the app mm-hmm. to earn money. But I believe it'll just be like the DeFi in the background, like we talked about to where it's like, you mm-hmm. don't actually have to go onto the network, worry about reading smart contracts. And then you have also, they have a support team to help anyone with questions. So I think that'll be really interesting. So ease of use, trust, right? I think trust mm-hmm. and just the just that step on how to even fathom that and how to how to go about using it. Well, let's let's dive into Crystal, right? Can you tell us the story behind Crystal Finance and maybe just like a detailed question to have in mind? Was mm-hmm. Polygon a factor as a low cost Ethereum layer two when everything was starting? Yeah, so the history of Crystal Finance is uh, pretty cool. So we uh, launched in late June of uh, this year. So mm-hmm. we're about a little over uh, four months old. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely still a very new project. Um, but we launched alongside ApeSwap, uh, which you mentioned previously, because mm-hmm. they're on Polygon now as well. They started on BSC as a yield farm and decentralized exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they moved over. And uh, me and the core team, we've actually been pretty heavily involved in ApeSwap from a community perspective since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually like my first big intro into DeFi. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into that, it like really started to get into it towards the beginning of the year. And then too, as I've said, I've always had a passion for crypto and wanted to do more. So, you know, that's the cool thing about DeFi as well. If you get to know a team, like you can form these relationships that can turn into so much more mm-hmm. and everyone's pretty transparent and open with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, um, cause when we came in, Polygon was a new chain or newer than they are now in terms of having DeFi. And there was a lot happening on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely a big factor. And then too, the low cost is really cool, especially being in Ethereum layer. Because Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure, as you know, with Ethereum going up, gas prices for transactions on that chain have been insane. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, you always hear the joke. It's like I sent $100 and it cost me $100. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think think on actually like every podcast episode, we've mentioned the the ridiculous gas fees. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Yeah, because especially with DeFi, you know, um, people are still exploring. So, you know, you want to do multiple transactions or try out new yield farms. And it's kind of limiting, especially on Ethereum, where unless you Mm -hmm. have like a lot of money, you can't really do that effectively. Um, And that was a big thing Polygon went to solve. And I think they did a good job with that because um, their gas fees um, are literally a fraction of a cent to do one transaction. So if you're Mm -hmm. like a big time trader who wants to, you know, either day trade or just try out a bunch of different projects or try new cryptos, you can literally make dozens of transactions for under a dollar, which is pretty Mm -hmm. amazing in the DeFi space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was a big factor for us too. you know, um, as we'll go on to talk about crystal, like we really aim to be a DeFi exploratory tool. So Mm -hmm. having those low gas costs really allows our users to try out new cryptos and uh, have new investment strategies and not have to worry about, you know, losing money in the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, was Crystal Finance built and developed as a fork of a DeFi protocol or did you build everything from from scratch? Yeah, so um, with a lot of yield farms, um, they're all mostly like forked from PancakeSwap, who's like the first big one to do it really well and have like a easily forked code. Mm-hmm. Um, and ours actually comes from a layer deeper than that, which was Goose DeFi, if you're familiar with them. They mm-hmm. um, they were a pancake swap fork, but they added on a lot of different features okay. to make it easier. Um, so we actually forked from that just because I already had those features built in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then, but yeah, with that as well, um, it's more just our back end has been from that fork, but we've definitely taken a lot of work to make our UI look different. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure if you ever look at a lot of yield farms, especially on BSC, they all look like PancakeSwap, especially the original one, because that UI is just the default. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've taken a lot of uh, time to make our UI and our UX as uh, like easily navigate as possible and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and too, if you were... It, on crystal at the very beginning it definitely didn't look as good as it did now um <laughs> it's pretty fun we posted a screenshot of the old ui and the new one and it's pretty funny just how far we've come um, oh that's awesome yeah but uh definitely a lot of that's come just from community feedback just because mm-hmm. we want to have our own unique feel and make it as easy for people to navigate as possible because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we've said you know people coming into DeFi, you want to make sure they know where everything's at it's easily intuitive. Like they know how to stake. Um, Mm -hmm. Like we have text bubbles where it's like people are having trouble just to help guide them along. So that's definitely something we put a a high priority on for crystal. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the uniqueness and the importance of that. You want to be unique, but how, so how is crystal different from other decentralized yield farms? Yeah. So the main way um, we've come to differentiate ourselves is um, similar to how I said before, we really want to be that DeFi exploratory tool. Exploratory tool. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. keep yeah. Oh, no, good. Because, um, yeah, DeFi is just, there's so much going on and new stuff happening all the time. So we really want to give people that chance to not only have an asset, which is our token crystal that um, will go up over time and is a good asset to have, but that they can use it to explore new cryptos. Um, mm-hmm. So the main way we do that is we have a pools page. Um, and the way that works is that you can take your crystal token and stake it to earn other tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, and these include partners that we have, um, and even major cryptocurrencies. So you could stake crystal or in Bitcoin, Ethereum, mm-hmm. USDT, BNB, um, and it really just gives it a utility that no other projects have, mm-hmm. um, especially in terms of that. Cause especially now, you know, there's so many coming up and we actually just added a Shiba pool, um, that our mm-hmm. community voted on. We'll have community votes from every now to see like what pool they want to add. And of course, it's so, Shiba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also have a Poly Doge pool. Um, oh, they've, okay. They've gone up as well. They're one of our partners, uh-huh. um, the Polygon version of Doge. So, yeah, we have, if you want to earn blue chip coins or stable coins or even meme coins, we try and do it all just to give as wide as a scope as possible. Um, and right now we have, I believe we have 30 pools that you can earn different cryptos and okay. we're adding new ones every week. Oh, wow. Every week. Mm-hmm. So it can, go, it can go that fast. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been really cool. Um, yeah, because then too, as we grow and then partner with other projects to help them grow as well, um, we add on new pools. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I want to take a little step back because we briefly, I mean, you mentioned ApeSwap and your partnership. Um, maybe for the average listener, um, it can be confusing. So you offer yield farming and you partner with ApeSwap, which is a DEX, but mm-hmm. they also offer yield farming. Um why are, are crystals yield farming pools connected to ApeSwap liquidity, liquidity pools or what's the reasoning behind a partnership like that? Yeah. So um, ApeSwap, yeah, their main focus is being a decentralized exchange um, and they do offer some yield farming options on their website. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely on Polygon, it's more limited since they are Binance based. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But we come in too, because like you said, they're a liquidity provider. So as a decentralized exchange, you're trying to get as much liquidity as possible on your site. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause as we've said with uh, like how Uniswap did it, um, Dex has earned like a small percentage of fees by offering that service to where they can have all these tokens that have liquidity on their site that people can come and exchange easily. 
mm-hmm. um, and then they earn a percentage on that. So we came in to partner with them to be a yield farm to offer more options than they can mm-hmm. and to have like different partnering so that that liquidity goes back to them as well. Um, and then two, it, when I was talking about, we partner and get new pools. We offer also usually offer yield farming for those partners as well. Mm-hmm. So to help them get liquidity. Um, and then that helps ApeSwap as well to where they can have new tokens, um, on their site. And a big thing with, uh, decentralized exchanges is that each one has their own LP tokens that can only be used on their farms. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so all of our farms are ApeSwap LPs. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about yield farming. Um, mm. You have, so you do swaps, you do pools, you do, I saw you also do vaults. Maybe if we can go over some of these. Swap is pretty, um, I think we were all familiar with with swap and what, what that is, everyone understands. But maybe we can clarify the other DeFi protocols that you offer. Definitely. Um, yeah, just to go over um, yield farming again, just for people who aren't super familiar, because mm-hmm. um, that's definitely where we started. We are moving more towards vaults and pools, um, mm-hmm. but we're still offering uh, yield farming as well, um, especially for the partner projects. Um, so basically how that works is that so people will pool their tokens together to earn the native platforms token. Mm-hmm. So, for example, our um, we have a yield farm that's USDT, USDC paired together. And when those are paired together, they're called an LP token or mm-hmm. liquidity provider token. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically for that, it's like that goes into the DEX, as we said, and then they have that liquidity that they can use for swapping. Mm-hmm. So that and then putting it together just helps them have like uh, better liquidity as well as like people are further staked in than just doing single staking, um, which we do offer single staking yield farming mm-hmm. as well. Um, so with that as well, you would, so you would pair your USDT, USDC together, mm-hmm. forming that LP token and then stake it in our yield farms. Um, and then with that, you earn uh, crystal at regular intervals at every new block. Um, okay. and, then, and then the amount of crystal earned, it depends on how much liquidity is in that pool. So the pools or the on, in that farm, excuse me. So the farms that have more liquidity and then will earn less crystal just because there's more money in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to um, we have a lot of different farms on there as well. So it kind of just depends on the farm itself because there's also a multiplier factor. So the ones that we want to prioritize, such as we have a crystal paired with Matic farm. Mm-hmm. And that one's like our core farm since it uses crystal and we want to reward our crystal holders the most. So that one gets more rewards per block. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yield farming can be uh, intimidating in a way for the for the average user. But what's your what, what do you think in terms of um, in terms of user growth with respect to yield farming? Like, how quickly how quickly is this growing? It seems to be growing quite a bit, um, especially now. It's on so many different chains. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see new yield farms and new chains popping up so often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot with it. Um, definitely, it can be intimidating, especially if you're trying to get into a new project, because it will look um, really enticing because they'll be like, oh, you can earn like 5% back a day on your earnings. But then with that as well, you don't know if the token you're earning is going to be worth anything in a few right. days, right. just because it could have a lot of sell pressure since it's so new. There's not much liquidity in that token. Um, and that's something we really strove for is whatever we do with Crystal, we're aiming to be that long-term project so that you know if you have Crystal now, it's going to be worth more in the future mm-hmm. and it's going to have added utility and value. Um, so I think too, a big thing is because people will um, be very um, incentivized by those higher rewards. But at the same time, it's like you can only earn those for a short amount of time. Whereas mm-hmm. something like Crystal or ApeSwap, you can you know that you can earn solid rewards for months, which will 
equal a lot more in the long term than anything could just having a new yield farm for a week that doesn't mm-hmm. pay out or mm-hmm. that pays out a lot, but doesn't last for the long term. Okay. Maybe back to the services you, t- you talk, you mentioned, so you talked about pools. Um, what else about crystal that you're, you're offering? Uh, I, I noticed also you have vaults, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the vaults are really interesting and definitely um, a big service we're prioritizing because going back to that too, those offer a lot more um, higher yields for long-term investors which I think now, especially we're starting to see a lot more in DeFi as people are looking for those solid projects that they can put their money in, know it's safe and earn those uh, long-term rewards. So vaulting, it works very similar to yield farming to where you stake your LP tokens, Mm -hmm. um, but it makes the service so much easier. So for example, um, if you had a vault and the vaults run through a yield farm that's already running. So if we had a Crystalmatic uh, yield farm and then we ran a vault through it, um, it would take the crystal rewards that you're given and then automatically sell half of that crystal for Matic, repair it into an LP and restake it in that farm for you. So it okay. really, yeah, it's a really cool service because it simplifies that process. And then two, it auto compounds multiple times a day, which then as time goes on, the amount you're investing goes up in terms of the LP tokens. And then that boosts how much you're earning. So it gives you like exponential interest if you're going for the long term. So the longer you plan to invest, the more you make. So you don't have to intervene with a vault option. It's it, so inter- my understanding is correctly like there's more intervention if you're just if you're doing the classic yield farming versus the vault is like a next step up where you don't you basically don't have to do anything. I mean, you just leave it in there. Correct. Yeah, because if you're doing the standard yield farm, you'd have to manually go in, complete that transaction to harvest mm-hmm. your rewarded mm-hmm. tokens. Mm-hmm. And then if you wanted to reinvest that, you'd have to go sell half of it manually, then manually pair that token and then manually put it back in. So it could be about four to five transactions mm-hmm. to where mm-hmm. a vault just does that for you um, automatically. And you can mm-hmm. just leave it in and it'll just constantly be compounding and earning you more rewards as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty, pretty cool service. And we're adding new vault pairings every week. Um, and we're actually looking to take our service with vaulting cross chain in the near future. Mm-hmm. So that we can offer that on different chains as well to just give people those options for longer term holding. Would you say that the vault option is more, I guess I'm thinking in terms of like a sophisticated user, um, you would, I would, I would assume you would have to be a more hands-on sophisticated user if you were to do yield farming versus vaults, or am I not thinking about that correctly? Does it, does um, it have to go that way? It really just depends. It's kind of the same service. I think it more just um, appeals to your investing style. Yeah. Because um, if you, because some people like doing like the manual compounding mm. or take it out. And then, especially like if you're using those rewards for something else, or if you want to take those rewards and put them in our pools, mm-hmm. um, it kind of depends. But if you're someone who's like, I'm here for the long term, I want to increase my liquidity position. Because mm-hmm. um, with that, too, we offer yield farming with stable coins as well. So you can mm-hmm. just constantly be earning more and more stable coins. It's more just based on the investment style. Um, mm-hmm. and that too, being a DeFi exploratory tool, we want to have something for every investment style. Mm-hmm. Just so a user, any user can come to Crystal and find something that works well for them. Yeah, perfect. Can you actually, can you maybe talk about your, your current numbers as in how much you have locked in your smart contracts now? Yeah, so um, right now we are actually around 9.2 million in our mm-hmm. smart contracts. So it's been doing pretty well. We've had a pretty good really, um, with Crystal. So mm-hmm. definitely that's been up. And then um, the market cap for our token itself for Crystal mm-hmm. is uh, 5.2 million. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's been pretty good. And then um, one thing I want to talk about too with the Crystal token, um, 
So with a lot of tokens, especially yield farming, um, the biggest concern people will have is inflation because usually they're um, emitted at a certain amount per block and that doesn't change. And then there's no hard cap because um, with Bitcoin, you know, you have the hard cap at 21 million, but something like Ethereum, it doesn't have a set hard cap. It's just more made every new block. Yeah. Um, and then that makes sense for yield farms because that's how you reward people staking. So you need to have um, higher uh, rewards to help that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but at Crystal, we've actually set up a soft cap of 12.5 million. Um, mm -hmm. And with that too, we have gradual emission reductions. So as the circulating supply of Crystal goes up, the amount emitted goes down mm -hmm. to really help keep that inflation. Because then the problem is, it's like as more tokens get made, um, if you're not having constant buy pressure, the token price can go down. Right, um, right. Yeah, and we really want to make sure our token holders and stakers, especially the early adopters, are rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. um, and that they know like the token's not just going to get overinflated at some point and that right. we've, we're planning ahead. Right. Um, and with that too, we um, have burn mechanisms built into our protocol. So okay. um, what that does is, um, I know if, if you're into DeFi, you've heard people are always talking about burning tokens. It yes, basically, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty popular thing. Um, so it'll take tokens and send them to an address that can't be opened, basically taking them out of the circulating supply to where um, and then lessening that supply, reducing inflation. So we have it set up too that like with our vaults, every time they auto compound, a small percentage is used to buy back and burn crystal so that it keeps that supply lower and then um, helps just reduce any inflation that could happen for crystal. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it puts buy pressure on the token to help increase it and keep it steady. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, no, I mean, in terms of the inflation uh, topic, that's actually really, really important. How do, would you deal with a potential bear market effect? I mean, I know now you've had like good weeks and we're seeing a, a drastic bull market. Mm -hmm. um, how how would you, yeah, how would how would a potential bear market affect yield farming and, and your protocols in general? Yeah, we've been through um, a couple. Um, I know right now everything's doing great. So it's a great time for any DeFi <laughs> or crypto project. Right. Um, yeah. All time highs every day. It's been amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely we've been through a couple um, when Bitcoin had its dip a couple months ago. Um, mm -hmm. It definitely affects that just because even though Bitcoin itself isn't directly tied to, um, for example, like our Polygon chain, you know, Bitcoin still has that dominance on the market as a pretty good marker for how everything's going overall. Mm -hmm. And with that, um, usually for yield farms, you know, you'll see a decrease in token price for any bear market. And then also the total value locked on the platform or TVL, as we call it, will go down as well. Mm -hmm. just because token prices are decreasing. So any uh, tokens that are in that protocol are going to go down as well, which will um, make that TVL go down as well. Um, mm -hmm. And then a lot of it's more usually reflective to the chain that the project's on. So like if uh, we're tied heavily to the Polygon Matic token, since that's the chain we're on, mm -hmm. and if that goes down, then usually the projects on there will go down as well. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. Crystal, definitely we plan ahead for any uh, bear market or decreases. Um, since we're always looking for new partnerships and opportunities to grow. Um, and then as well, the good thing about Crystal is that even if there is a bear market with our pools, you're always getting rewards off of that. So even though the token price may be down, you can still earn rewards and then um, be making money as we wait for the bull market to come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You actually, I mean, that's holding a big responsibility too. It's it's a lot of pressure. I, mm -hmm. I would imagine when, when, the, when you have a bear market or when you have a dip and <laughs> these things happen, as as far as I'm aware, other DeFi protocols can solve um, some of their sort of issues by publicly opening their smart contracts, which can be also checked by uh, an outside audit team. 
how do you go about this? Yeah. So as you said, yeah, security and trust are just huge in the crypto market, um, especially to a lot of teams are anonymous. So mm-hmm. just building that trust and especially from a tech standpoint, because, you know, you hear all the time about, oh, so-and-so token rugged or they stole money. So right. it's just really important to have that trust and especially just be able to show like, hey, our uh, smart contracts are safe. Here's how we did it. You know, they've been mm-hmm. professionally audited. Um, and to go along with what you said, our GitHub is available on our website. Mm-hmm. So anyone could go on and check our smart contracts to see what's in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we've been professionally audited by Cryptex and came back with a low risk score. Okay. Um, and they're a really big uh, auditing company for DeFi projects. Okay. So there are, there are one of the main ones or are there are many other ones or they're like the leading one? There, there are many. They're definitely a top one. Um, it kind of just depends, but yeah, there's definitely uh, multiple auditing companies people can go with. Mm-hmm. Um, we went with them just because they've had a really good track record. Because the problem with auditing too, it's that you'll have some that are bigger names, but especially um, being partnered with ApeSwap, like they've seen a lot in this space. And there's some auditing companies that have a big reputation, okay. but have missed like major exploits that have cost millions or even like tens of millions of dollars for projects. Okay. Um, and so Cryptex okay. has had a really good track record of just like the projects they give low risk scores to have been low risk and haven't had any hidden exploits in them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it definitely it's good to find an audit company that you can trust and like go back and see their track record to see like, okay, they've um, given good scores to good projects. Mm-hmm. So you're and you're the ones who actually go about and choose the audit company. It's it doesn't work the other way around that they approach you, you choose them. Correct. Yeah. Um, especially like the bigger professional ones. There are some sites that'll go through and um, look at newer projects and just give them a score. Mm-hmm. But usually, yeah, any of like the bigger professional ones, they you reach out to them and it's a service they provide. So they go through and take their time, you know, it can take anywhere from like a week to a month, depending mm-hmm. on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they definitely take their time and make sure everything's thoroughly audited, which is mm-hmm. nice, especially mm-hmm. for users to know that they're doing their due diligence. Yeah, no, I, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so on the safety side of things, since we're talking about that, um, maybe moving on, did you have any other technical challenges along the way? I mean, you mentioned this has been in since June, but have you encountered any any other problems? Um, we haven't really had any technical problems, thankfully. Um, everything's been safe and secure. Um, and to go uh, back a little bit to the um, just the tech safety, we also have two advisors on our team from ApeSwap mm. who are core team members. Okay. Um, and so, so they help a lot with our smart contracts and make sure everything's 100% safe, which really helps too, since they have so much experience in the business mm-hmm. and have seen mm-hmm. a lot. So um, that really helps us too. And thankfully, we haven't had any technical challenges, really. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the biggest one has just been, as I said before, just getting our UI improved. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we've had a lot of feedback on that, you know, people didn't like our original design and just getting it to a point to where we have like a sleek premiere look. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we can constantly improve and just incorporate community feedback because I think that mm-hmm. definitely just makes any project better. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I I also um, noted that you have multiple international communities. Uh, do you can you maybe talk more about that? And do you actually have individual moderators for these communities, or or how does how does that work? Yeah. So the really cool thing about um, DeFi is that especially once you get into it, you just realize how global it is. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't realize until I got in um, a few months ago. And really, especially I've taken the head as like a the head of community. So I've uh-huh. like, it's just amazing talking with people all over the world. Yeah, where did you, kind of, sorry, before, where did you think the biggest community was before you got in? Because you said you didn't realize, like, where did you think like the big DeFi projects were? 
obviously US, um, but yeah, other than I that. A, yeah, I thought a lot would be like um, US and Europe based, which I think mm-hmm. is definitely true for a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of community, um, our biggest one by far is Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, like DeFi especially is like really grown in Japan. I know just crypto in general has. Um, so it's really amazing. And they're very supportive community. Um, mm-hmm. Done a lot for us and we greatly appreciate them. Um, but also too, um, it's very popular in Vietnam. That's another one of our large communities. And then, and yeah, and then too, just um, we have a Spanish community. Um, it's very big in a lot of South American countries, mm-hmm. which is really cool to um, just to see like the global expansion of all these people getting into DeFi and crypto and wanting to build it. Um, and then too, just from my personal perspective, being able to talk with people from so many different backgrounds mm-hmm. and just uh, build relationships. And it's just been amazing. Interesting. These are, I mean, those are sort of all on different, different, different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we're definitely covering, covering um, a lot. How does, I mean, in terms of the the communities, did you, cause you, you were surprised, like how did, how did it even start growing? Like, for example, like you mentioned Vietnam, how did it come about in Vietnam? Did you have anyone start a community there or did, did they just follow Crystal or ApeSwap or how did, how did, how did it come about? Yeah, it's really interesting. So um, when we started, we just had our main Telegram chat because that's where a lot of uh, oh, right. mm. yeah, a lot of projects will just have a main chat, um, especially during launch week because people come in and ask questions like, how's everything going? Like, want to learn about the team, want to learn what security they have, what the roadmap is. Um, and then through that, because the main chat is just mainly English. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, as people came in, people started requesting different ones or, um, we knew, especially just like looking at ApeSwap, like the Japan community was going to be huge. So from day one, we were planning out, like trying to find, um, members in the chat who could help moderate that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we do have individual moderators for each international community. Um, mm-hmm. right now we have 14 international communities. Mm. Um, so it's grown quite a bit. And then too, um, we'll have, uh, people from the community help moderate those who are from those regions. So it's really nice because that too, it's like a community led um, thing of people who are really interested in Crystal and want to help it grow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then too, yeah, well, because we build them too as people come in and then in the main chat, people ask if we have certain international communities and then we can make that work with um, people in the community to help get the moderation set up. And then mm-hmm. um, one cool thing we do as well is we've also have... Um, uh, medium accounts for our main international communities. Mm-hmm. So for Japan, Vietnam, um, Spanish, and then we have core members on our team who help translate to those languages. Oh, very so that, cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Which really helps. Cause you know, it's just like a, just want to make sure everyone's well informed in that we can like have this global community and it's not just like relying on English. Right. Cause right. it's like, cause as you look into it, it's like just a small portion of the whole world speaks English, let alone in DeFi and just want to make sure it's as easily accessible to everyone as possible. Yeah. It's, it's nice that you recognize that. Yeah. I mean, global, but local, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Very cool. Um, can we maybe talk about what about gaming? Um, we can, can we touch about DeFi gaming and it's because it's obviously gaming is popping up in the DeFi space. Um, are you, how are you guys approaching this in, in, in your segment? Yeah. The gaming has been really interesting to see just how it pops up and just how popular it's gotten. Um, and especially that one too, I'm really excited on the future on just to see what implementations people can come up with. Um, but crystal, we've gotten into it. Um, we've actually partnered with two of the biggest gaming platforms on polygon, um, mm-hmm. which are treasure key and poly roll. 
And it worked out well because we actually got Crystal integrated into their games so that mm-hmm. our users, it gives us an extra utility so that users could actually play games with um, Crystal if they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and their games are more along the lines of ca- casino games. So you could play like roulette, coin toss, um, and they have a few other ones that they've implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's been really cool just to have Crystal in that and just give it that extra utility of users want. So you mentioned roulette. Where did the gaming awards come from? How does it work? Yeah, so that when we um, started, we have like a bankroll of Crystal that we have on. um, So for that would be on Polyroll. So we would Mm -hmm. give them um, a set amount of Crystal to either for the rewards that people earn. um, And then to like, if it ever gets low, we would restock that. Um, But it hasn't gotten to that point yet, thankfully. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you see on-chain gaming in a year i mean obviously one month or, or one week is like a so it's a long it's a long time frame and one year is like a decade um because there's so much going on there i mean can you can you comment on that uh for me personally uh, i think that the future of gaming is going to be tied in heavily to nfts mm. um i know especially i'm um, just looking at current projects that have done really well um axie infinity on ethereum mm-hmm. um it's a I believe it's a top 25 coin right now, but they have done a really good job of like you buy the NFTs of creatures and then you can battle them. Mm-hmm. And then you earn crypto for playing the game, which is just such a cool idea. Mm. Um, it is rough since it's on Ethereum. As we talked, the fees can be pretty high. And I know it can cost like three to $4,000 just to even get in this game. Mm. Um, so it does have like that high barrier to entry. But I think as we move on, you'll see more of the NFTs being implemented with the gaming. A really cool project um, that was on BSC was called Crypto Blades. Um, They actually were uh, a partner with ApeSwap, like ApeSwap helped launch them. But they had something similar um, to where you get NFTs and then you can battle them. And then Mm -hmm. as you battle, you earn their native token and then your NFTs level up and get stronger. And then they have an aftermarket to where you could sell your NFTs after you've leveled them to other users. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the future to where um, either something similar to that or even things like Decentraland to where you can buy like this virtual land as an NFT and then Mm -hmm. sell it to other people or put things on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely have a lot of connections with other DeFi projects. Maybe, Maybe we can talk or maybe you can tell us about other some prominent use cases. Definitely. Um, so especially for Crystal, one of the coolest partnerships we've had um, is with the Polygon project called Doki Doki Finance. Okay. And, yeah. And they have a really fun name, um, yeah. but, <laughs> but I believe they're on Ethereum as well. And um, they have a really cool NFT platform. Um, so it's based off of the Japanese gacha machines, which are like the, um, the vending machines, if you've mm-hmm. seen um, in Japan, they're really popular. Um, but they have NFTs set up like a vending machine. Like you go in and you uh, can pay their Azuki token for a chance of getting an NFT. And just okay. like a vending machine, they have rare ones or okay. less rare. And then um, it, depending on the chance you get, you can get a rare one or a common one. Um, but it's really cool because they, the machines are, the NFTs inside them are from artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so each one's like a different artist putting their NFTs in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're working to get it to like almost a permissionless system to where artists can come in with their own NFTs and then set it up with their own machine and start mm-hmm. making money off of their NFTs. Mm, very cool. So Doki Doki has Azuki <laughs> or. <laughs> yeah, they, their token for the vending machines is called Azuki. Very cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then um, you can actually, we have a pool with them, so you can actually stake your crystal to earn Azuki and then use that to buy NFTs. So um, it was definitely one of our more fun pools so that users could directly stake their crystal to earn NFTs. Very, very, very cool. You're definitely in the in the NFT arena. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe before I actually ask ask about more about the NFTs, um, you mentioned we we talked a little bit before. You did talk about that you can stake crystal to earn Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can tell us more about that in terms of um, it's not just Bitcoin, right? You have um, other stable coins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have um, we right now we have all the major coins. Um, so you can do Bitcoin, Ethereum, USDT, BNB. Right. Um, we've yeah. added yeah, we've added some other ones as well. Um, but basically, those come from deposit fees that we've mm-hmm. gotten on our yield farms. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, um, usually yield farmings or yield farms, they'll have on like the non-native pairs for yield farming, mm-hmm. such as if you have um, like two big coins like ETH paired with Bitcoin. Um, it's usually pretty standard that they'll put deposit fees on those farms mm-hmm. just because a lot of times users who go into that are just going to sell that rewarded token. Mm-hmm. So it can put a lot of sell pressure on crystal. Um, and with that, um, if they are going to go into that, um, we take like a small deposit fee from that just to help keep people in there. Um, and they usually can earn it back in a few days. So it's nothing drastic or you'd have to be staked in for months to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then with that, we've used our deposit fees to fund these pools so that we can give it back to users and help them um, earn rewards and then give Crystal that extra utility. Mm. Okay, so let's talk NFTs more. <laughs> how, how did how did you or how did Crystal jump on the on this train? Um, we yeah, we've definitely done it more um, with partner projects such as Doki Doki, mm-hmm. um, and we haven't actually released our own official NFTs yet. Um, we have been working on some, which we call NFCs or non fungible crystals just okay. to put our own spin on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But what, with it as well, cause there's kind of, as you said, been like this NFT boom going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely want to make sure that we're doing this very high quality um, and that they are a premier product that we're giving out to our community. Cause I've seen some door, you know, people just spin them together and try and make money off of it. Um, and we definitely want to make sure that whatever we're giving to our community is like very high quality and worth the money they're spending on it. And so with that too, we're just taking our time to make sure that we do as good of a job as possible and trying to work with professional artists to get our own unique design. And that's where the NFC name comes in. So you're, you're sort of, uh, dropping the mic with, with crystal in the <laughs> NFT department. No, I'm, I'm just yeah. kidding, but, but, uh, no, I, I, it's, it's very cool to hear. So you're, you're using, you're sort of putting your own spin on it with the name. That's very cool. Yeah. Definitely want to, um, make them our own. Yeah. So if maybe if an, if an already established project with its own token would ask, would come to you, would come to Crystal Finance and ask you how to start building or getting involved in the DeFi Foundation, what would you what would you tell them or what would you suggest? Yeah, I've seen this um, a few times with established projects, and I think it's something that they um, can easily get into and do really well. Um, it can really help them build up that project too. Um, so basically the standard way um, is that they would come over to whichever chain that they're looking to be on mm-hmm. and then get in touch with uh, decentralized exchange. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they could get their liquidity set up on that uh, decentralized exchange and then get a farm set up through um, one of the yield farms. Or if the uh, exchange offers it themselves, they could get set up on there with a liquidity pair. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then this really helps um, as they can start getting liquidity for that token, um, help strengthen it. And then two users can, it puts buy pressure on there because those are paying out rewards. So users will buy that token for the yield farm mm-hmm. um, to make rewards on. And um, after that too, um, especially with Crystal, we always work to get a pool set up so that users can earn that project's token directly. Because mm-hmm. then that just gives them so much more exposure and a wider user base um, since people can own that token directly and then um, use it. Mm-hmm. And then a step further would be they can set up a vault for that farm mm-hmm. so that they're compounding that liquidity and just building it up to help strengthen their platform even more. And it puts buy pressure on their token. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you say, maybe I'm jumping a little bit around, but how was your experience building on uh, the Polygon blockchain? Uh, did you actually have did you actually have direct um, connection or help from the team? So Crystal, no, we haven't had any um, direct support from the Polygon teams themselves. Okay. Um, we've been in the space for a while, but um, usually they don't really do too much with other projects um, okay. from what I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. But we've definitely grown a lot. Um, Polygon's been a good space to be on. Um, right now, we're in the top 10 DeFi projects on Polygon, mm-hmm. even though we Congrats. haven't had that support, which has been <laughs> really great. Well, congratulations. That's a big yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hopefully, we can get in the top five soon. Ah. <laughs> Just <keep> building. <laughs> <It's> never enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, we've had a lot of support um, from our projects. And that's one thing that Crystal really prioritizes is helping other projects grow as well. Because um, mm-hmm. we can all thrive together in this space and like build on each other and help support through social media, marketing, right. um, through community. Um, and we've had we've partnered with some of the biggest projects on Polygon, including Polycat and Polydoge. Mm. Um, so it's been really great just to build relationships with these teams, um, have fun and, uh, grow at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been really good. Um, and two, we're probably going to stay on Polygon for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, as I said, we're looking into other chain options for our vaulting services. Okay. Um, just okay. to bring that over there and help crystal expand as a platform and community to get into these, um, these other chains and just build over there as well. Um, but the crystal token itself and our yield farming will be on Polygon for um, the future. So can you, can you talk about other ones or is that a, a secret um, blockchain you're looking into? Yeah, it's under wraps right now, but if you follow us on social media, we'll actually have a pretty big announcement this week. Oh, so I'm really okay. excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, uh, that kind of brings me to, well, the, the very important topic of privacy um, so one of the biggest DeFi advantages, obviously, is that or just economic autonomy, right? And individual privacy that users can can use um, DeFi protocols without revealing who they are. You you did talk a lot about in terms of building trust with a community, but how do you build trust in technical terms? Or how does the code represent um, or enable this trust? Or can can you even can you even dive dive in that sort of technical question? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's a really good question to ask. And it's um, so important in DeFi because, mm. you know, as we said, you can run autonomously and still get that trust, but it is something you have mm-hmm. to build towards. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think any successful project you see it will do that really well and make it a top priority just to be as transparent with the community as possible, as well as like personable mm-hmm. and let them know. Cause that's the cool thing too. You know, you can go into a telegram chat for a project, start mm-hmm. talking in there and then like a founder can come in and you can just talk to them directly. Like you yeah. can't do that with any other financial institution. Yeah. It's not like you can call Jamie diamond <laughs> exactly, yeah. talk to him about. or just send them random gifts and telegram and he'll <laughs> laugh at it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> we yeah, like to, so, <laughs> Yeah. When are you announcing this or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sir. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a good thing too. You know, you can mix the fun and the business with your mm. user base and just like build those personal relationships. Definitely. Um, but definitely, yeah. Like you said, on the tech side, um, as we've said before, just getting those audits um, and just having it public really helps grow trust from that side. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, unfortunately you see all the exploits and people being mm-hmm. malicious. So mm-hmm. Just making that a priority of getting um, an audit. Definitely try and get it within the first couple of weeks for a new DeFi project because that will mm-hmm. just help them go such a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, with that, there's a lot that comes just from the community and just from being in the space. Like as they get to know you, see that they can trust you, see the team deliver. Right. Um, I know during our launch week and the week after, I was in Telegram chat about like 10 to 12 hours a day just talking with people. Mm. Um, so it's it's a lot um, but it definitely builds up to where you like these users know you, you like build relationships, um, they right. start to trust you. Um, and it actually has worked out super well because we've actually, um, some of the people who are in the chat the first few weeks, we actually work on our team now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's, okay. From your yeah. telegram channel. Yeah. So it's really amazing how you can like build these relationships and then like see who has knowledge in the DeFi space, like who wants to help mm-hmm. Crystal grow. Mm-hmm. And then as we grow, we can grow with them and like help them um, get jobs in the DeFi space and directly help Crystal. Mm. So it's been pretty am- amazing to see that. That's very cool. So also from the international communities? Yeah. So we have um, core members, especially in our community team from Japan, Turkey, mm-hmm. India, and Argentina, I believe. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then we have more global people as well um, who are on different uh, departments. Mm, very cool. I mean, I could sort of speculate why Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's super, super cool. Okay. So we're talking, we're talk- we talked about in terms of building trust. So most DeFi smart contracts that are open source. Are your smart contracts public? Yeah, um, those are actually viewable on our website. We have um, a drop down menu with all of our information, including our audit um, and then charts if people want to see how the price is. Um, mm, as well as GitHub. Our, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, with our GitHub. And then we also have on there too um, our CoinGecko and CoinMarketCap listing so people can look on there and uh, see everything as well. So we try and be as open with all of our stuff as possible. Well, sounds fantastic. <laughs> What's um? What would you? What would your advice to build on? What would your advice be to build on top of Crystal Finance, if you were to have um, sort of interested parties approach you for people who wanted to um, help build through Crystal, like if they wanted to sure, partner, sure, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, to build on Definitely. top, yeah, yeah. So for that, um, we're pretty open um, if they it's pretty easy to reach out to either me or we have a business development lead. Um, they can reach out to either one of us and then we can look into seeing like um, what kind of project they have, how they could best partner with crystal. Um, and we partner with new projects every week. So we're very open to just finding what works best for that project and just how mm-hmm. we can help them grow best. Um, and then with that too, with any partnership um, I work directly with them to help get as best marketing we can 
Because mm-hmm. especially in DeFi, like that's such a huge thing. It's just like, how can we best market, get it out to the community, do community events or like giveaways to just really promote that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, Crystal, um, we've done a lot of NFT giveaways in the past, mm-hmm. which has been been really cool for um, either NFT games or just projects who have them and want to gain exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do those, we usually have one every couple of weeks. So anyone who's interested, definitely follow us on Twitter. And we have uh, a lot of those as well, just if anyone's interested in getting NFTs. Mm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you won't have a prob- uh, problem <laughs> <laughs> getting yeah. interest in that department. <laughs> um well, very cool. I mean, on that note, Jimmy, thanks so much. Um, is there is there anything else that you'd like to maybe add or or talk about that we didn't cover or I maybe have forgotten to ask or didn't ask? Um, I think we did a pretty good job. You asked a lot of great questions and I think we covered all of the main things for DeFi. Well, thank you so much for for doing this, and thanks for talking to us. It's been uh, it's been an interesting. I would say we talked for almost like an hour, so um, yeah, very very fast. cool. I learned a lot. I actually have to admit, um, I am I am familiar with the DeFi space, but since like you said, it's growing so fast that I can't even keep track of all the projects oh, and yes. the intertwining of of the web. So. Um, it's uh, it's actually very cool, and I'm I'm actually after our call, I'm gonna go in and um, check more about what what we talked about and look things up and <laughs> pretend to to know what I'm talking about. But there are some things I actually have to Google. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, one thing I did think of that will um, help in that regard. We also prioritize uh-huh. education in DeFi. Okay. Um, so we actually have our own crystal clear educational series. Um, Just going through the, yeah, going through the ins and outs of DeFi and just like what all crystal finance has to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually being published through Polygon Times, which is one of the major media publications on Polygon. Okay. Um, But it's all also available on our website if anyone is interested in learning more. Um, And it's definitely a good place to start. And we have a lot of visual diagrams, which I know I'm more of a visual learner. So being able to see that really helps. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I concur with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Jimmy, again, thanks so much. And uh, maybe maybe we'll have you on again in some time to see how your how your crystal story is progressing. Yeah, I would love to be back on. Appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about DeFi so I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot and uh, take care and hope to speak with you soon. Yeah, you as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Jimmy from Crystal Finance, as well as thank you everyone for listening. A big thanks goes to Fourth Tech and Coin Market League for co-sponsoring this episode. Thank you also to the Badian Music team for providing their music. You can check out their latest album on badianmusic.com. You can find all supporting information on our website, blockchainrecorded.com, and listen to us on Google, Apple, Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Be well and stay tuned for our next episode. Mm-hmm.